Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 70, and we're super excited to have John Tilly on today. Welcome, John. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Episode 70. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been at this for a while, and, and I think we're finally starting to figure it out just a little bit, right? So <laughs> hit the record button. That's good. That's, yeah, that that is a yeah, that is a you know, yeah, maybe we've done it for a little too long, so everything's <laughs> a little routine now. But uh, yeah, uh, good to have you on here today. Um, what we like to do is start out with uh, getting a little bit, getting to know you a little bit more. So, um, you know, share as much or as little as you like, but you know, your background, where you're born, where you live now, you know, things you did in the past, college, school, you know, family, anything you want to share so that uh, people get to know who John is. Yeah, absolutely. Should You want me to shoot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, so uh, the accent is South African. I was, I was born and raised in South Africa. Uh, Johannesburg actually so uh, you know went to school went to college there as well actually and then uh, after college I did what a lot of us in the southern hemisphere do is we we take a year off and travel the world so um, actually I came to the states for my year off and uh, lived in uh, I did a ski season in Montana uh, big sky which was which was fun uh, and I think I ended up going to 39 states so I, I really got around the states and played rugby and a whole bunch of stuff and had had a blast and then went back and started my career in South Africa in advertising. So uh, my, my kind of 12 year you know, career gig was in advertising as like a strategic, strategic ad exec, um, mostly in the digital space. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of developed websites and paid media and a bunch of stuff for some big blue stock companies like Gillette and, and a few others. Uh, and through that path, I ended up moving to London and I spent three years in London. 2004 to 2006, which was a blast. Uh, you know, living in London during those times was, was amazing. Uh, and access to Europe and traveling and, and stuff, which was great. And then um, moved over to Los Angeles uh, in 2006. And that's been my, my home since. So I've been based in, in LA. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, job wise, my, my career was advertising. I did that, but I've, I've pretty much done every job under the sun from being a bouncer in a bar to, you know, cleaning boats to, you know, doing all these crazy, crazy jobs that are uh, working on film sets and, and, and a bunch of stuff uh, as I traveled. So uh, pretty much done it all, but um, that's, that's kind of been the, the career path. And then in 2014 is when I, you know, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and just never made the leap. And I had a few side gigs that I was working on, but, but when I, came across Amazon uh, in 2014, that was uh, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel that, that managed to get me out of my career um, corporate gig and, uh, and started my own, my own gigs. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh, that's funny. I was a bouncer in college too. So <laughs> I also did a bunch of different jobs, but uh, yeah, my background was actually in aerospace, but I always had a passion with, with computers and, and taught myself how to code and all that fun stuff. So uh, it, I always love the backstories because uh, you know you get to you get to to, to kind of peel the, uh, the the onion back as they say. Um, so wait, South Africa is that Afrikaani? Is that isn't that what you, what was spoken? Uh, it's Af Afrikaans is is the uh, is one of That's the languages, right. but in South Africa there's um kind of the the, the heritage is either English uh, from from 
from England or, or uh, Afrikaans, which came from the it's Dutch, Dutch right? set, yeah. settlers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was more, on, I was on the English side, but, but I can't speak Afrikaans. We, we were kind of like forced to, to learn it when we were young. So, <laughs> gotcha. Um, Interesting. I, I wish it was Spanish because that would be much more helpful. <laughs> right. Or, or, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or Mandarin, right. That's what I wish I learned. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're actually one of the schools that we're looking uh, at to putting our kids into in, um, in Boise is, uh, is a Mandarin immersion. So that, that should be pretty interesting uh, if we end up sending them to that school. Cause, uh, nice. yeah, I wish, I wish I learned that. <laughs> Luckily, one of the friends we are, are, uh, we're moving with is from Taiwan originally. So I told her, Hey, guess what? You're going to start doing some side stuff for me with, with the Amazon gig. So, uh, that, that's nice. going to be going to be fun cool so uh, i think you said 2014 is when you first kind of learned about amazon mm. tell us a little bit of, uh, about that story um you know it seems like you know as as amazon goes that is fairly early i think i was 2013 you know right around the same time mm. not a whole lot of courses and things then it was kind of like trial by fire so give us a little background on that yeah uh you know as i said i was i was in advertising and and one of my my good friends this guy adam hudson um was living in Los Angeles at the time. He's from Australia originally. And, you know, he's a kind of born to born like entrepreneur, always trying new things. And one of the things that he, he decided he wanted to try was, was selling physical products in retail. Um, and, you know, just obviously came across all the stumbling blocks of trying to get something into retail. It's just insane, you know, and uh, he had heard about Amazon and was thinking about trying it there and, and, and got a, a couple of tickets to the, to Vegas to, uh, I think it was, um, the amazing selling machine or whatever the course was called back then. And he was like, Hey, why don't you come along and check it out? So that was my kind of introduction. I went, I was like free trip to Vegas. Okay, fine. I'll go. Um, and yeah, I mean that the penny dropped for me there in, in the sense that a few pennies dropped actually, but, uh, the main one for me was, uh, this idea of, of not selling my time and, and selling a product. And, and most importantly, you know, just realizing that, we have all the assets in the world available to us to actually create this business and scale it um, with, with not much capital and something you can do while you have your, your, your corporate gig. And that was just, you know, I was like, this is my chance. You know, I was so frustrated with, with not actually making that jump that, that, that I jumped at this, uh, you know, with, with, with everything I could um, and, and started my Amazon business uh, actually with my brother, who's a product designer. So, so that was a great match in terms of all the brand skills and, product design skills we had and, and launched my first, you know, unique products in six months. Um, and the second one within about eight months, uh, and, and it was the second one actually that really kicked off. And, you know, I was very quickly doing, um, you know, 50, 60 grand a month, which at the time was, was enough for me to say cheers to, to my advertising gig and, and jumped. Um, and yeah, that, that was it. So I, you know, I've still got that Amazon business. I'm still selling that original product and the second and, and the third, and we have a, another Amazon business as well. So I, I have a few of those, um, but that still kind of stayed as my side gig. Cause you know, as, as, as we'll talk about, I, I you know, got, got involved in the software side as well. Yeah. That's funny. Cause uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing the Amazon business too. And, and my, uh, my SAS coach is like, you know, Hey, why, why aren't you kicking that to the curb? You know, you have this, this, uh, <laughs> this parachute. And I'm like, I'm like, it's pretty much dialed in. It's very little time uh, on my side and it still makes money. I'm like, it just seems crazy to, to give it up, you know? And not only that, but I think uh, you'll attest to this as well, being a, a software provider as well, is that 
I feel like if you step away from the business, you lose touch with the struggles, the daily struggles of the, of the Amazon seller. Right. I mean, you, you part of the, part of the, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of walking the walk. Right. And so you're offering software, but you're also still having the same struggles and seeing, you know, seeing the day to day that, that the uh, Amazon seller is, is still, you know, is coming across, uh, coming up against, you know, all the time. So, um, I love that. Um, yeah, that's a, I mean, just on that, I think it's, it's a, it's a spot on point. I think one, I'm absolutely passionate about this idea of creating a product. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, I still enjoy the Amazon business. I enjoy creating products and, and selling them and, you know, scaling that business. It's, it's, it's a, it's an awesome, um, opportunity and it's a, it's a fun ride, but that connection to your target audience, which is uh, Amazon sellers is, is critical. And that's something that we we've done at Zonguru in, in terms of, um, you know, right at the beginning when, when I hired the first you know, engineers and, and, you know, got on board our partners, uh, but most, most, mostly with our employees is, is open up that opportunity for them to sell on Amazon and, and encourage it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I very quickly saw the, that the more they knew about being an Amazon seller, the better our product was going to be. So we actually uh, provide a loan for the first um, capital investment for their business that they need to pay back in a year if they're successful. But if they're not successful, they don't have to pay it back. So it's kind of like, but you know, with that, you know, at least 50% of our project managers and engineers actually sell on Amazon, which we just see the benefit in the product. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why a lot of people don't know this, but as a Amazon employee, you're actually encouraged to have a seller account and to sell on Amazon. A lot of people don't know that. And um, on one hand, I don't like it because I feel like there's some unfair competition in terms of, you know, if, if you're an Amazon employee, you might have access to some things that you may not as, as a non-Amazon employee. But it is really funny because when you talk to most Amazon employees, number one, they're not selling on Amazon. <laughs> and number two, if they are, they are far uh, less skilled <laughs> than most Amazon sellers. And that's not a bash. It's just, you know, they have a, a nine to five and that's what they're concentrating on. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it is funny how, uh, you know, how the Amazon encourages that. And in a way it's really smart because then, you know, then they are, you know, doing the old dog fooding, right. They're, they're seeing firsthand what the struggles are, you know, being an Amazon seller. So um, it's a, it's an interesting thing that they've come up with there. Um, on that note, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I think what it boils down to is, is in essence, a like curiosity, right. On, on, as a business owner, you want, team members or employees or whatever you like to call them to, to be curious, like really, really curious about um, your product, your customers. Um, and, and, the, and the more they can get curious about it, the more they understand it, the better their output is going to be and more aligned with your business goals, with your customer goals, with, with everything else. So that's just one great way of, of, of generating that curiosity by, by making them actually uh, the, the, your, your customer, you know? Um, Absolutely. I, I, yeah, agree completely. Um, on that same note, when you were, you know, starting out on Amazon, what, what do you think, like, what were some of your biggest obstacles and how did, how did you overcome those? Yeah, it's, it, there's so many, you know, but, but uh, as we all know, but I honestly, I think that the biggest obstacle to my success on Amazon was, was, was getting in the way of it, you know, and, and I think that a lot of us are, are you know, we've we spent so much time in, in the corporate business world or in university, like 
getting educated on like what what it is to create a brand and you need a business you know you, you need a business plan and and you need you know x y and z and all these really sophisticated um aspects of, of creating a business and at the end of the day a lot of that seemed to get in the way of my success because it became insurmountable stumbling blocks that i that i in my head put in in the way and i think once i really figured out that's the trick to Amazon is, is it's a, such a simple business. You know, it, it really is it's something you can do step by step. The steps are laid out for you. You just have to be disciplined and you need to be consistent and you need to set yourself a goal and each week do something for that business. And, and once I figured that out and, and, you know, understood that whatever obstacle I put in the way, my best chance of success was to remove that and just to keep the momentum going in little incremental steps. All of a sudden I turned around and I was like, damn, I have this Amazon business cruising, you know? Um, so I think that was the biggest challenge is, is, is not to overcomplicate things and, and just take each step one at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree. And I think one of the biggest things that, you know, people have this fear about, you know, starting anything and, you know, the way that I started out and I, and I encourage people and, and Amy have t and I have, have talked about this a ton is, you know, just starting in small batches, you know, just learning the process, even if you go to AliExpress, buy 10, or you do retail arbitrage or any of these kind of, you know, just dipping your toe in without a ton of risk, just to learn the steps, because it seems so overwhelming, like John's saying, but really, uh, it, it, it is pretty basic in terms of once you get it figured out, it's really, really not that hard, you just repeat that process over and over again. Um, and the 80-20 also comes into effect, you know, if you source 10 products, two of the, you know, eight of them are probably going to fail, but two of them are going to succeed and out of those, you know, and one of those might be a, a really big success. So, I mean, really that's how you guys need to approach this business and really, um, you know, focus and, and, and uh, take it one step at a time. So I love that, John. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, to, to the case in point, my first product didn't, wasn't a massive seller. It still sells, but it's not, not a massive seller, but it was a second one that really got me going. And, and the, you know, that the true success there is I didn't, stop after the first I continued you know and and your your chance of being successful by the time by the time you've launched two or three or four products is is incredibly high um and it most likely won't come on the first yeah absolutely all right amy i think it's i think it's your turn to turn to grill all right well that i was just you know enthralled with you guys over here with you know all of the good points about I love John what you said about um, giving your employees and your engineers some training and you know a lot of people would kind of be nervous about doing that because you know one of the biggest things that people worry about is oh well they're gonna you know go and work somewhere else after I or go out on their own after I've invested all this time and, and energy into them um, but I think it's so good when they know that you've invested in them. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that plays into your loyalty um, to an organization. So that's really cool that you guys do that. I love that. So what would you say, John, um, are the just kind of the foundation of things that um, you need to have in place to have success selling on Amazon? The foundations, I think... I think the, the, the first important piece of, of, of understanding in an Amazon business is that um, data is incredibly important to 
vetting opportunities to scaling your business. It's, it's, a, it's a really important piece, but the big thing there is that it's 50% of, of the, of the problem that you're trying to solve. The other 50% is the, the time it's, it's the softer skills that you have around, um, creativity around product differentiation, you know, how to, how to truly come up with a differentiating factor that will connect with your, with your audience, understanding your, your customer, their needs, their wants. Um, and, and also importantly, having good business discipline around where you focusing your time, what SOPs you put in place. Like these are massively critical factors that are softer skills that, that take, you know, uh, some proactive learning and, and, and curiosity and trying to understand and, and crack those pieces um, that, that, that is really important in, in the success because data can tell you one thing, but it's your, and you know, the data is there, but it's your interpretation of the data and the questions you're asking yourself and the answers that you're getting that is critical to your success. So I always say it up front, like your success on Amazon is understanding that it's 50% data, 50% business intuition and creativity. Love that. Um, so speaking of data, <laughs> you <laughs> developed a, a data tool called Zomguru and you pull, pull specific data that can be important for making decisions with an Amazon business, right? Um, what data is most important for success and why? Yeah, uh, I think the answer on that is it depends on where you are in your in your business life cycle of your Amazon business. Obviously, if you're in research, the specific data points that are really important. If you're, you know, um, you know, optimizing your listing to get more traffic and SEO, there's certain data points that are, are specific. Uh, and then from a business management perspective, there's absolutely critical data points that that are important. So, the thing about Songuru is where we are an all-in-one software tool set. So we have data points and obviously software tool sets for, for each uh, kind of part in that life cycle of the journey. So I think at a high level, I would say, um, you know, on the product research side, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's data that helps you answer three fundamental or four fundamental, five fundamental questions, I would say, right? One, one is the demand for the product. You've got to understand what kind of demand there is for the product idea that you have. And, and most importantly, what, what piece of that demand that you want, because most certainly you're not going to get all of it, right? It's, it's a couple of percent. And so understanding what that little niche is and, and how much demand there is for that is important. So I think that's the first one. The second one is competition opportunity. How competitive is that space? And, and being able to answer, is there competition? But, uh, you know, what's the opportunity and can I win, right? I think, I think that's a real, real important piece. I think the, the third is, is around... Uh, a most important one that a lot of people don't think about, which is capital and investment. How much capital do I actually need to, to compete with this product that I'm creating? Uh, and then the fourth is, uh, you know, is, is um, profitability. Like how much margin, you know, what's, what's the revenue potential of this product if I'm selling it at X, Y, and Z, you know, what, what kind of leftover cash can I have to, to be able to put back into my business, which, which, is, which is critical. And then the fifth uh, is what I talked about earlier, which is like, how can I differentiate this and how can I connect with the customer? And that fifth one is, it's one point, but it's a big piece of it, you know, because there's so many times that people will come and they're like, well, look at this data. It looks great, you know, but I'm like, well, 
look at what's on the page. What, how are you going to stand out? How are you going to connect with that, with that customer? So I was just going to, yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, like so many times I've seen in, and many of, of my clients use Zonguru, you know, so it's like many of them have come to me and said, well, look at the data. It looks amazing. You know? And it's like, well, wait, did you actually look at the page? <laughs> Are you just looking at the data with blind eyes or did you actually look at the page? And so many people, they just, assume that they can compete with that top competitor and they don't know where that data that's you know that competitor looks really good in the data but they're not doing the research to find out why they have so many sales what does their footprint look like off of amazon you know all of those things that you know you're, when you're using an amazon tool you're really like zoned in on amazon data but amazon's only less than 10 percent of all of retail so you are sitting here focused on just Amazon data and you've got your blinders on, right? Because that big competitor that has all these sales that you can beat their listing and you can beat their photos, they might be doing really great on Amazon, but they might be doing even better in retail. And that's the reason, even though they have crap photos and stuff that you can beat, that they're doing so well. And I've seen so many people identify a competitor like that based on Amazon data tools, right? And they'll go, yeah, but I can beat their listing and I can beat this. The customer doesn't care. They're coming from off of Amazon, <laughs> you know? So that's, it's a well-known brand, right? So it's so, so, so important. It's just one piece of the puzzle and we never want to put all of our eggs in the data basket, right? So, um, you know, tools, I would say are, are they're notorious for reporting incorrect data sometimes, right? Or even like right now during COVID when the numbers are like all over the place, right? Um, what data would you say that sellers should use outside of the tools? So we've got some really great competitor data inside of tools like Zonguru. And we've got some really great revenue estimations, which can sometimes be skewed depending on what's going on with that product, right? But um, but yeah, like what, what other tools would you say that people should make, uh, sellers should use inside and, and outside of Amazon tools to make those decisions? Um, and how does that play into everybody? You know, we've got 3,000 new sellers on Amazon every day. And if everybody uses that same data, will everyone end up sourcing the same things? Yeah, it's quite a bit to unpack there, but I, I think that, you know, the, the most, the most important point is, is like, absolutely, you know, you're selling yourself short on, on your business success. If you're, if you're looking at one data point or, or one piece, I think you have to, um, you know, you have to understand the universe that you're playing in. Right. And it depends on the mindsets of how you're approaching your Amazon business. And, and, you know, you can approach, selling a product on Amazon where you're like, Hey, my, my goal is cash flow. You know, I want to launch a product. I want to make cash in a year. And if I get undercut by on price by a Chinese seller at some point, I've moved on to other ones and I'm, I'm just creating cash flow because that's what I need right now. And it's the best place in the world to, to cash flow. If your if your goal on the other hand is, is, Hey, I'm, I'm I want to, I have a five year brand plan. I want to create a brand. I want to start on Amazon. I want cash flow. I want this, but I want to build a moat. I want to build a brand and I want to sell on other channels, Shopify, retail, wherever, wherever that's taking your approach in terms of 
the product that you select and, and the brand that you create around that has to be bigger than just looking on Amazon, right? And, and the first place to absolutely start with that is, is, is creating an avatar portfolio. So that's the, the first step. Whenever someone's coming to Amazon, I'm like, how well do you know? Great, there's a great product, but it ties with differentiation. How well do you know your customer, your avatar? And how much work have you done on that? How much product research have you pulled on that? Um, you know, have you spoken to them? Have you done, you know, there's Google surveys. There's like PicFu is obviously a great one. There's, there's, you know, that's also very product specific, but you, you have to understand your needs and wants of, of, your, of your customer. So I'd say off of Amazon, that's the important place to play, which is, which is you know, understanding who your, your customer is um, and, and their avatar needs and wants and how much work have you truly done on that. That's number one. Uh, number two, I would say, you know, I, I would challenge you a little bit on, on, you know, validating your product idea on Amazon. If you do have an understanding of, of the universe of what you're creating. So yeah, you, you have to understand who your customers, you have to understand who the biggest brands are, you know, go out. That's one thing I say to customers is get off of Amazon and look at brands outside of Amazon and, and, compete with those because you can, right? So, so it's the questions you ask yourself and, and whether you think you can compete with some of those bigger brands. And so you've got to do that work off of Amazon. But when you're looking at specific product research tools to validating your opportunity on Amazon, you're exactly doing that. You're validating your opportunity on Amazon. So what does that look like? And you need data to make those decisions. And, and um, it's more critical now than ever because the the size of, of the audience from Amazon is massive. If you can, if you can get like a, not even a percent, you've got a multi-million dollar business. So how do you, and, and it's incredibly hard to your point of being able to compete with those because you're competing with big box, massive brands. You're not in that game. You know, if you're an SMB first time private label seller on Amazon, you're not in that game. You're not going to compete, uh, you know, at, at that level. So how do you find the niche opportunity where there is competition opportunity that you can win on to get your business started and launched? And they're out there, but it's a tiny little niche and you've got to use data to kind of unravel and, and have a look at what that is. I love it. I think that you really answered that question um, really well in terms of just thinking about you've got the data, which is good, you know, and it only is going to take you so far. As you mentioned in the beginning of our conversation, it's 50% of the equation. It's, you know, it's great to have. I mean, when I started selling on Amazon in 2007, there was no courses, <laughs> there was no data, there was, I mean, you know, I'm sure there was some kind of data, but I sure didn't know how to access it, right? <laughs> but back then you could put a product on Amazon and it would just sell. So. You know, I mean, I think that um, there is kind of a battle with, you know, the courses nowadays that are kind of encouraging people to, in some ways, um, use product research software. And I know, you know, your tools and all-in-one tools, so you're offering a lot more than just the initial product research, um, which is awesome. Like, that's all the places you need to use data, right? Um but how do you feel about that? How do you feel about, and, and you answered it a little bit, um, how do you feel about people using, solely using product research software to find products? I, I love how you said, you know, if you're just going for the cash flow thing, but often that gets people in trouble too, because they're just trying to get some quick cash out of it and they end up upside down. 
because there's so many people going after those same opportunities. Because that's the one thing that product research software is really good at doing is helping everyone find the same opportunities, right? Um, because everyone's taught to use the same search filters. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like people should have a mix of, you know, they're, they're using product research software for certain parts, or do you feel like it's okay if they're just going for cash flow? I think it's okay to just go for cash flow, but, but I, I think to answer your, your question in terms of, um, you know, do people just use product research tools to launch a product on Amazon? Look, I, I think you can very, once you, once you talk to someone who's selling on Amazon, you can very quickly pick up who's trying to shortcut, you know, and find the easy way or who's actually treating this as a proper business, right? And the person who's trying to do the shortcut in the easy way, they're gonna fail at some point and they would most likely just be, hey, well, I looked at your X, Y, and Z on this course and I followed the product research and here's my five ideas and I'm gonna differentiate by color. And you're like, dude, you haven't even like started to understand how to create a proper business. So I think that's, that's the differentiator. Is someone who's truly wanting to put the effort in and, and, and have a shot at, at scaling their financial wealth and creating a, a great product to sell on Amazon as a start that might, might become a bigger brand than just on Amazon, they're going to be putting in the work around the stuff that we talked about. Who's the avatar? How do you create a, a, a sustainable business? What are good SOB, SOP practices? Um, how do I approach um, finding and validating a product on Amazon? What are the key business questions that I ask? There are no shortcuts. These are the steps that I need to go through. These are the kind of things that are, are really critical to, to you know, some, someone launching on, on Amazon. And, and, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, man, I, I checked your revenue estimate and, and, you know, it was, you know, against real sales and it was off by like three and a half percent. And, you know, you know, the state is not accurate. I'm like, what are you actually using that, that estimate for? You know, what is the decision? It, it, you know, between, on the accuracy of the data, well, how would your decision change based on that three and a half percent? And the answer is it won't, you know? So it's, 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 this is the, this is the biggest challenge of, of being a business owner is like, how do you not get stuck in the details and have the vision for what your business is and you understand how to guide it. And the only way you can do that is by really educating yourself on, on how to grow and build a proper business of which data is a part of it. And it's, to be honest, you know, yes, it's probably 50% of, of your, your launch part, but what, as you grow the business, it becomes, you know, uh, less important and those softer skills are more important. Love it. Great perspective on it. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.